This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, a truly epic wedding fail in Aspen has got us thinking about the local wedding biz. What are the makings of a great Colorado wedding anyway? Me, our host Bree Davies, and our Green Chilean politics correspondent Justine Sandoval are talking weddings, wins and fails, and our best bets for your weekend. Today is Friday, August 4th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the city where the bus is free, if it would get here already. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> is that a little harsh? That was a little harsh. Truth hurts. That's what I, I, I had a few options and I ran them past our producer, Olivia, and she was like, that one's true though. Her well, train was late. Olivia takes the train, so she's yeah. the most qualified to speak on this. But I mean, I don't know. I've been curious. Uh, Justine, you... You talk at length about being a young person and really appreciating the bus as an option when you couldn't drive or you didn't have a car. What do you think about the free fare for kids now? I love it. It's like one of the best things I've heard all week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I rode the bus everywhere because my dad told me if I didn't behave in school, I wouldn't be able to get my driver's license. And, and then so you I didn't. was like, bye, the bus is 75 cents. I'm gone. <laughs> and I didn't get a driver's license till I was like 19 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the bus used to be a lot more dependable, too. So I see all the issues around that as well. Like they RTD, cut the major this- lines going in and out of my neighborhood when I was a kid, your neighborhood, Paul. So there's oh, yeah. no way. <laughs> I used to know, I probably still do know most of the major bus lines by heart, but it was great. It was freedom. Uh, You could walk down to 35th and Federal and catch the number 31 every 20 minutes. And I could go downtown, I can go up north, I could do all sorts of things. So I loved it growing up and I liked that freedom. And I think a lot more of like our youth depend on the bus to get to school now, to get to jobs. So this just helps alleviate that and help our young people get from point A to point B more efficiently. Totally. Yeah, um, I I think it's cool. It's cool. We should probably say RTD is, uh, this is about the RTD change that they're after the zero fare for free air two month period is over, which we're in the middle of. Uh, they're doing. They made it free for kids for always. It's great. What lines? What streets in our in the neighborhood? There used to be one that ran down Holly, oh, like every twenty minutes. That would be better. Yeah, that and would it be more. Doesn't useful. exist anymore. Damn. Um, I feel like such an RTD Grinch sometimes. Like I don't want to be. I am optimistic. I think it's awesome that kids can ride for free forever. That's a good policy. I had to take it to school for like three months because my cousin got 
grounded and his car got taken away and he was the one that took me to school. <laughs> and he was in the Volkswagen club at school because he had a, he's like he's the one that owns a Volkswagen shop. Mm-hmm. And they all parked like it was a car show at the back of the lot. So like if you had a Volkswagen, you could park all angled because they just decided that. Someone recognized me from that. Someone was like, oh, isn't your cousin, wasn't your cousin like Sam in the car club? I was like, oh yeah, that's my cousin. Dang. It was sweet. It was pretty cool ride to school too. Super Beetle. It was pretty sweet. Dang. I know. Very cool. Um, All right. Well, we're here. It's Friday. Um, We're in the 5280 Magazine Studios in beautiful downtown Denver at 16th and Larimer Street. Paul? Yeah, thank you. Um, Justine, I wanted to ask you a question before we get into our main topic. Uh, we put out a really fun episode about hot dogs this week. Do you have uh, do you have a favorite hot dog locally? Um, oh, gee, wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I thought you might have a good take. No, you know, I do. I like some biker gyms. That's where you all went, right? Yeah. No, that has been a staple in Denver for a long time. And they popped up on a rare campus when I was still in college. So it was always nice when you'd get like your loan <laughs> refund or your paycheck to go out and get a, a reindeer dog. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I will say I my mm-hmm. favorite hot dog probably is um, the Rockies dog at Coors Field. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> the, You're a Rockies I've gal. I've never had one. I, yeah, the good one, though, because sometimes they have like the little sad ones, but it's like the... <laughs> The big, like, it's like a foot long. Yeah, it's the foot long with the peppers and everything. I enjoy myself. I have to get one of those. You know this dog, Brie? Yeah. I you don't. Ever had one? I don't, but I will eat a hot dog pretty yeah, much it's like from fifty dollars, so. but it's delicious. <laughs> no, yeah, but I don't know. No, but you I know how being... it's like when you go to <laughs> yeah. the stadium or whatever. It's yeah. like when I get a pretzel at Ballerina, it's like seventeen dollars. Yeah. You know the the they have like Dodger dogs at Dodger Stadium. They have like the Yankee. Well, I guess the fact that I don't know the name means it's not a thing. But Dodger dogs. I like that there's a Rockies dog. I just never knew yeah, that. That's cool. Yeah. It seems perfect. I mean, it's. Well, if I'm going to go to the Rockies fair game. of a Rockies game, which mm-hmm. I haven't in a while because oh, you got to go get back. into the Rockies. But <laughs> the new rules, the new rules are worth it alone oh, for yeah, one Paul's visit. Really I'm a huge it. fan of the new baseball rules. Yeah, well, that's what I've heard. I think that's the silver lining in the Rockies' ear is like at least you don't have to sit there all night and exactly. watch the, the disaster go down. <laughs> just party. So let's get into our top story here. Uh, this is just such a fun one because it's wedding season in Colorado, especially in the high country where the vistas are beautiful, the catering is pricey, and the mishaps are disastrous. <laughs> As we learned this week uh, in Business Den, apparently there's also a lot of competition for these best wedding spots too. There's lots of interesting data. I collected some good numbers for us. Okay. But there's this story about the Aspen wedding we all read. Where do you all want to start? I mean, we could just lay it out. It was like a rich guy throwing a wedding for his daughter. Mm-hmm. He's, he's The spent- nuptials of Ariel Spencer and Caleb Hodge. Yeah, those people. Uh, I guess they're important. I don't know. I don't know. He's probably a real estate guy. Son of a f- hedge fund and a real estate or something. Mogul. Yeah, real but estate. But they spent like $2 million on their wedding in Aspen, and it was like a disaster, which I just have to point out, the big problem here was the sound. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you've ever uh-huh. been to an event with bad sound, you know because you remember how bad it was. Like bad sound, bad acoustics. I mean, all of that will just be seared to your memory forever. So I can kind of see why this dude went off the rails. Like you ruined my daughter's wedding because the sound went bad. It pushed all the, 
It pushed the itinerary back. This is the most rich people problem I've ever heard. It screwed up if the gondola was running long enough for people to get up and down the mountain. Like, oh, goodness, my gondola, the gondola problem, right? Of course. Um, Nelly was performing. I so want to know what his rate is. I want to know what the... I, have what, the, I wanted <gasps> to ask you, too, what you thought. I was going to guess no a half clue. million. Yeah, I was guessing a quarter million. For the top of a mountain in Aspen? I was guessing a quarter million for a Nelly level. What do you think, Justine? Uh, Maybe less. I am... 100,000? I have no clue, but my prediction would be, yeah, like 200,000, 250. Well, listeners, if you know Nelly's rate for a wedding... Let us know. We'll we'll give out the phone number later in the show. I'll ask my old I'll ask my old roommate Ruben because he books people. Oh, he, he would know. Hell yeah. I was always surprised at people's booking rates. Like when I used to work at CU Denver in Student Life, they we would come in and someone would be like, "Hey, so and so is only ten thousand yeah. dollars to book," and we're like, "Let's get them in here." Whoa. Yeah, we tried to bring Condoleezza Rice one time, and she wanted like one hundred and fifty grand. You're so like, no. Yeah. So it was and like. Didn't she? Isn't she, she was from, from here. She went to DU. She went to DU. We thought this would be no great. Love. It'll help the whole, like, we don't bring enough, like, mixed, like, views in. Like, let's bring Condi in. And then she wanted her jet and 150 grand. And we were like, I don't know if that was the exact amount, but it was wild. And we were like, sorry. So She's a big deal. I didn't realize. Holy cow. I don't think Nelly's that big of a deal. So I would guess okay. his, yeah. his part I'm going to take it. my right down. I think about it. <laughs> I take it down. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he was a big part of this. But the other part was. Uh, did I read that uh, TMZ reported that the couple is already divorcing? Yeah, so. kind of a funny cherry on top. Well, it sounds like an absolutely disastrous wedding. I mean, sometimes I don't know. That's what people say, right? Like, if it goes, if the wedding's bad, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know, know if I've I'm... ever really been to an absolutely terrible wedding. Oh yeah. No. I, I really tried to rack my brain for this. Hmm. Did you have a bad wedding story? Honestly, Paul? also no. I've only been to beautiful Colorado weddings. Yeah. It's I've typically been to really quite lovely good. ones. Justine, do you have a, a story about a crazy wedding? <laughs> Actually, so um, what comes to mind is a wedding I went to maybe like 10 years ago with an ex of mine. It was his family. It was at the VFW on Colfax. Oof, and like- it was wild. It goes in memory all the time because. The bride showed up and then they did like a whole kidnap the bride thing. But then, well, first of all, she was like three hours late to the ceremony. So everyone was waiting around. Oh, yeah. And then they did that. People wait that long. Everyone had to wait. So to the point where people were like, forget the whole like wedding part. We're just going to go head to the reception and wait for you guys to get hitched. They get married. (laughs) We're all waiting at the reception for her to show up. And for some reason, they still decide to do this like kidnap the bride tradition thing between the ceremony. sounds terrifying. It's horrible. And then it makes everyone wait longer. So by that time, the groom had been at the reception. The groom was hammered. He was so messed up. He started hitting on all the bridesmaids. (laughs) He started like trying to hook up with everyone at the reception (laughs) while they waited for the bride to show up. (laughs) And I remember just sitting in the back room, highly entertained, eating my paper plate of beans and chili. Like (laughs) they, um, I'd also like to part, they are no longer together either. So (laughs) I would guess not. But I think it lasted longer than the Aspen marriage. (laughs) 
Yeah, that one was just a year. Apparently, this wedding all went down last year. It cost $2 million is the is the number. I am blown. So I guess I would be remiss if I didn't say today is my anniversary. Oh, oh hey. Which I forgot. My husband was like, what, are we, what do you want to do tonight? I was like, I'm going to a housing forum. And he was like, oh, well, it's our anniversary. I thought maybe we could go out to dinner. And I was like, I'm the worst person in the world. So... Uh, by the time wow. this airs, my anniversary <laughs> will be over, but it is my anniversary. Um, but I, yeah, the congrats. $2 million thing is like, what are you, why? Like, why do you need to spend that money, all that money on one day? Like one of, I just don't, I don't get it. I mean, I guess the gondola probably costs a lot of money. But the Yeah, the gondola. I think it's, I have a theory, and because this is maybe a good time for some of the data. I would love to hear what you all think about this. Um, Axios Denver reported uh, a couple months ago that weddings in Colorado are averaging a cost of $23,000 right now. And that number is going up. What? It's trending up. That is so nuts to me. Right? I mean, we called in a favor and our wedding venue was only $150 in the year 2019. <laughs> so, but I did make my, uh, our 200 plus wedding guests sit in an unair conditioned church in August. So I mm. guess that's the trade off, but I would guess venue is really a huge chunk of what people are usually spending money on. Oh yeah. I was, uh, doing some wedding planning, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's kind of changed, but it's given me a great perspective because I was really looking into this the last like a year and I was like challenging myself like can you do a wedding for $15,000 mm -hmm. but just looking at venues even looking at cheaper venues and food together get you to 15 grand off the bat just wow. minimum yeah and I'm like was blown away by that that is crazy so there's that data point, but then contrast that with this thing that I learned from the Denver Clerk and Recorder's Office. They track wedding registrations here in Denver. Yeah. And they said that, I counted this up, the first half of 2023, we've so far seen 2,378 registered uh, marriages. That's down 1,000 from last year's same time period in Denver. So there's fewer weddings, but the weddings that there are are more expensive. Interesting. I mean... I'd say like 50% of my friends are married and I'm in my 40s. So it's really not uncommon for people to not be married. But I also know, I think you went this route, Paul, the the courthouse route. Exactly. Yeah. It was a great memory for us. Megan and I got married at the courthouse. Beautiful. And it didn't cost you $15,000. It cost us so little. Right? So I don't, yeah, I, my, my husband's theory is most people don't get to be on stage in their lives. So your wedding's mm. like the one day you get to be on stage and like people clap for you. And unlike him who he gets paid for people to clap. At all the time. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Cause after <laughs> yeah. a certain age, if you don't get married, like what really other celebration do people have? Do you for have? You? Yeah. You know, so I get it. It's like your one big day. I just think. I don't know. It just seems like such a weird thing to spend a ton of money on. But we went cheap in random ways so that we could we spent most of our money on music, honestly. Mm -hmm. But like we got our cake at Costco. We got our flowers at Costco because the cake, especially I was like, why am I going to spend a gazillion dollars on a cake? No one's going to eat like we ended up with so much extra cake. And like we just got a couple sheet cakes from Costco that cost us like 20 bucks a piece or something. <laughs> Because it was just Love like, a sheet cake. I mean, kind of at the end of the day, is it that much different than that? Like 
fondant covered insanity that people spend thousands of dollars on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because it, well, because after the pandemic, there was this talk in the wedding right. industry like people were waiting, so then there was going to be this big boom. But now it looks like that's not happening quite so much anymore. Like the people that were waiting, they did it, and now there's not like my a return. Two, two of my girlfriends that were going to get supposed to, like planning their weddings during like right before the pandemic pandemic hits they just did the courthouse or the backyard hmm. ditch the whole part ditched it all i think it's alleviates the stress look at these people planned their original budget was a million dollars and then it went to and two then went to two <laughs> and i'm like oh that's like my original budget was 20 and going to 40 well would be crazy well not me personally because mm. i was like even looking at that price like why? Why? I think as you get older too, yeah, and you're thinking about other investments, you're like, I want to put twenty grand into this. I don't know, like for one day. Yeah, there's so many other things, but yeah, the fact that they went from one million to two million, <laughs> I'm just like, I think it boggles that, the mind. I think also, I think the lawsuit is just like kind of ridiculous because if you can spend two million dollars on a wedding, I, I think you're fine. It sucks that it got ruined, but it seems like more of the it's the principle. They're not fighting over the money. That's what it seems like to me, too. You I know. hope they're enjoying it. I hope they all get what they want out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, we would love to hear from you. We want to hear your crazy Colorado wedding stories. I know. I know. I want to hear some, some more like mountaintop weddings. You bonkers. Know? Yeah. The bride fell off a cliff or I don't know. Hopefully not that. Or like the people like I, I have a Twitter friend, Sharon, that did the ski down the mountain. Oh, that's fun. In her wedding dress with her husband kind of thing. Yeah, so that. we want to hear your stories. Call the Wedding Fail Hotline <laughs> and leave us a message with your name and neighborhood and you might hear it on an upcoming show. That number is 720-500-5418. Again, 720-500-5418. I just want to, by the time this comes out, I should just say happy belated anniversary. <laughs> Greg, I love you. I'm sorry that I forgot about our anniversary. <laughs> But oh, I did listen to boy. Nate. I <laughs> we all love you, Greg. <laughs> I listened to Nate Dog on the way in today, and that was we had a Nate Dog song saying a little tribute. Yeah, oh, at our wedding. Nice. So, um, all right, well, we're gonna go to a quick break. Uh, Bree's gonna call her husband, and uh, we'll be back. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. All right, we're back. We're going to do a round of our favorite new segment, Wins and Fails. Uh, so we each picked a story or something we saw around the city that we thought was a win and something we thought was a fail, and we're going to talk about them. Let's do fails first. Who wants to go? Well, it's, I'm kind of teetering the line here because it's not exactly a local fail, but it impacts us locally, and mm -hmm. it's the change from Twitter to X. <laughs> like... <laughs> It does impact a lot of people here. It does. At well, this table. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, the whole, it's like changes because we used to tweet, right? It's like mm -hmm. the whole, it, the action of tweeting. Yeah. Like you can't 
tweet anymore. You can't retweet. It's just so weird. X, it looks like now on my phone that I'm like in an X-rated dating. I have heard this from several people being like, I don't want this app on my phone. But I also think the local implications are like... It's huge. It's where you find out it's a lot of times where you, where you find news first, I would say, is sometimes like people on the ground reporting stuff first, like not just reporters, but people. And I think that's Paul and I were talking about this earlier, the struggle to find a new um, platform to utilize the way that Twitter was utilized just doesn't exist yet. No, because it's all siloed into different type you know like if you're in this discord or you're in this mastodon whatever they call it yeah you know what i mean but like with twitter it was like reporters and people yeah in the world i mean it was activists it was the arab um, spring happened on you know what i mean like twitter really black lives matter helped facilitate information hashtag co-politics was like a huge part of like what i've done colorado politics that's where conversations about policy go on um we remember the ink coffee situation that blew up from twitter yeah Yeah. talk about that that was that was an important moment for the progressive movement in this city I in the feel, last five, like ten years. Rude. Johnson yeah. may have been I the think, first person to tweet just a photo of yeah, it. Rue was walking down Larimer Street yeah. and it just said saw the sign and was like, what the hell? Happily Happily gentrifying gentrifying the neighborhood since, since 2014. 10 or 20, 2012. I don't know. When did gentrification start? An, Aspen, <laughs> an Aspen-based coffee chain, Inc. Coffee, by Ugh. the way. So, draw a little connection to our wedding fail from oh, earlier. Yeah. How Ugh. about that? Have, but anyway, that was that, that was like, you know, um, Ayante Anderson was there, gave a speech. Like, people came out. Bobby I remember it was, was a crazy there. day. You and I, I were, there. were there. I'm trying to think who else was there. Candy was there, probably. Yeah. A lot of folks really came out of that moment. Like, I, that was just a galvanizing moment. Not I think to say that's that, where we really met, totally. too, and started, like, working together. Like in the streets. Yep. But <laughs> yep. it's X now. In the streets. And now it's X. And, and now it's And X. that will never happen Maybe again. Maybe it'll, yeah, it'll happen in a different way. I mean, and For we... different people. I'm still there, reluctantly. Um, <laughs> well, if anyone wants to come hang out with me on the CityCast Denver subreddit, uh, that <laughs> one of the listeners created in perhaps the best day of my life. Yeah, Paul was really felt vindicated. He was like, did you know that we have a subreddit and it was not created by us? I found it. I was so excited. Because Paul's a Reddit bro, so yeah, I do still love some Reddit. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And that community is picking of, up. People I'm a are commenting. I'm of Reddit. I, I can't. I can't look at I it. I like Reddit because I watch a lot of reality TV. Oh, yeah. And I'll go back and watch old episodes of stuff. And I'm mm. like, is anyone else outraged about this season six, episode three of Below Deck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta go look. I'm like, no, Captain it is. Sandy. And, yeah. I think that's the magic of Reddit mm-hmm. is like it is this like archive of humanity in this amazing way. The only problem is like. I don't know. Anytime I'm on there, the tone of it is just too broy for me. Mm-hmm. It's just not my. Unless you're in your hyper yeah. specific you choose subreddit. The subreddits. Bravo. I'm Reddit's in my, a different world. I'm in the Thirty Rock Reddit. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what I mean. But like, if I just look on the Denver one, I'm like, I can't hang here. Yeah, I Denver's don't like got it. a specific voice. Sometimes I'll say when they grow too big, they take on that like caricature of themselves. Yeah. And people reinforce it, and it becomes a lot less fun. But that's not what this show's about. We should move on to another <laughs> fail about Denver, Bree. Uh, I mean, this story that uh, Kyle Harris did for Denverite this week about um, the death of Darius Davis, a young gentleman who died by suicide last year, it, it happened while he was being evicted. And his family was like unaware that he was struggling with 
his finances because the story is just absolutely heartbreaking. His mom was like, if I would have known, I would have helped. His uncle tried to help. And then you, the thing is like, when you hear these stories of someone being evicted, you don't really get a complete picture of who they are. And I really want, Kyle did this great, just like piece on who Darius was to his family, to his community. He had a podcast where he talked about mental health for black, young black men. Like, but it was just, it just like struck me. One, it struck me because losing someone to suicide is one of the most devastating things I've ever experienced. When I lost my friend to suicide, it was I, the two weeks after that. I don't remember. I don't. Re- I just wandered through the world. And also now being a mom, I can't imagine what Darius's mother went through and is continuing to go through. But I think the overarching part of this conversation for Denver is what are we doing to our people? That this is what the lengths that this this gen, this young guy was one month behind on rent, and it just triggered the eviction process for this massive property owning company mm-hmm. that employs this huge eviction law firm, who were you know that's supported by the Colorado Apartment Association, which was one of the main um, supporters of the no eviction without representation about not that didn't pass. No eviction without representation didn't pass. And we lose people like Darius when they don't have the support, but also just like, why are we not prioritizing people living here affordably? It shouldn't mean that somebody loses their life. And it just, I just want to give so much love to Darius's family. And I'm sorry that something that feels very preventable happened to them. That was such a tragic story. I think I think it's that point you were making about the evictions business. Why yeah. that's such an industry that people make a lot of money off of that really stuck with me that I think I'm going to I'm remember. Cuz yeah, it just it doesn't feel it feels like that that maybe shouldn't be the way it is. Justine, what do you think? You know, I think a lot of times when we talk about um health and we talk about housing, we don't necessarily connect them, but uh, public health and housing go hand in hand. And we've seen studies where, you know, people who, you know, get evicted after not being able to pay one month's rent go through a series of health issues from not just mental health, but their physical health fails. And it can be years until they recover. It's such a big part of that. And as a society, I don't think we often make that connection that the well being of people really does depend on on housing stable stable house safe housing housing. i mean it may since you're a a, from children to adults we know that being able to have a place to put your head every night in the same place consistently makes for more healthy human beings and we as a society uh, look away from that and in all sorts of things the fact that we don't have health care for people uh universally um, this is just another connection to that. And it's so tragic and so sad. And you see so many people struggling and reluctant to ask for help because so many other people are struggling too. You and don't want to yeah. his, be a burden to someone or you don't want to take that extra step. Or you don't want to show that you're struggling. Yeah. And that's what his family talked about was like he was so good at putting on a front that everything was fine that a lot of them didn't know. And I think there's this um, pressure to adult to be an adult and like handle it and be an adult. And like he was paying like $1,200 a month for like a studio apartment. That's not your failure as an adult. This is the society we live in where that's how expensive it is to live in Denver. And like, I just, 
it just, it, these are the things that folks need to think about when we complain about seeing people on the street. How do you think they got there? I've never been evicted. Have you guys been evicted? No. Okay. I've never lost my housing. Um, I was lucky enough to grow it up in the same house. Every, uh, that was my home until my mother sold it in my 30s. Some people, their housing changes every six months, every three months, every couple of weeks. Imagine having to go to work after someone came to your house and took everything out and put it on the lawn and changed the locks on your doors. Also, now you have to go to work. Like we cannot, we have to understand, like you said, it compounds and compounds and it puts these stressors on people that they carry for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I will say, I guess I'm technically a landlord. I think that's like the worst word ever, but I have a duplex and I have a, someone who rents next door to me. But, you know, mm. he's had a hard time because yeah. the world is difficult at the moment. Well, it's always difficult, but I like let him pay through the whole month, <laughs> like yeah. whatever, like mm -hmm. week to week, because the idea too of like going through evicting. So it's just, it's stressful I think it would be more like time consuming on me you're and I would rather an ethical just person yeah I guess that's the I difference. mean that's the reality like, is like you're I not like I think you, you as a highly ethical right. person Justine yeah. who's not gonna <laughs> boot somebody who just you know what I mean like you'd have conversations and that's what I oh, yeah. struck me about this story was he was a month behind yeah he wasn't six months a month no during the pandemic have... I was like figure it out because we're both in this crazy situation and let me know. And, you know, I forgave like the months I could. Also, I think, you know, yeah, there's just this idea that it's just all about profit. And like, if you have extra space to share rent with someone, you should be humane about it. And that's what I try to do personally. And I wish a lot more people would, would take that cue because it's about people. It's not about profit. Um, well, I guess that means it's my turn. Um, and I am actually still undecided on whether or not I think this is a fail or a win. So I'm sorry about bending the rules on that, but <laughs> it's Broncos season soon. The Broncos oh. are coming back. It's time for that again. They're at training camp, I guess. And the new coach, Sean Payton, who... Every time I talk about it, I have to mention there is a Hollywood biopic starring Kevin James as Sean Payton, available to watch anytime you want. Starring Paul Bart Malkop. Paul Bart Malkop as the new Broncos head coach, which is so funny to me. He gave an unhinged oh, interview yeah. about the old Broncos coach who now works for the New York Jets like a week and a half ago where he was like, this is the worst coach job of the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. This guy hack it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's terrible. And he's like trying to pump up his players. But I thought this was like so... That's the worst approach. So out of um, out of pocket for an NFL coach to get that we like personal. I mean, um, not to bring it back to the Nuggets as I am want to do, but like take a cue from Michael Malone. Yeah. Your colleagues, Dad your colleagues, coach. speak positively to your team, not drag the old coach. That's the but I do love it, unhinged rants, though. I do enjoy a good <laughs> that's unhinged what, kinda, rant. That's why I'm undecided. It's like uh, I'm definitely gonna watch when the New York Jets come to town now. I also, we're going to see how the Broncos do. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> Hopefully. Justine is like, mm. You don't have high hopes? You know, I've lost interest, which yeah. is hard to Sorry. say as a lifelong, like, Broncos are life. And my, my grandparents have a Broncos bar. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> but I think they're all feeling it, like, too. Like, yeah. well, we'll see. It's We've had bad years before, so. Yeah. Bad they got decades. low expectations. They can, it, that might be the fun of it. Um, anyway, let's go on to wins. Uh, who wants to start with a win? I can start. Hit us with your win, Bray. I mean, I have a, a sort of 
uh, housing related conversation that uh, there's now going to be trash pickup for. Sir- oh, is that yours yeah, too? That's <laughs> oh, great. Oh, yeah, I love we'll that. talk about this. Yeah. For some homeless encampments, there's going to be trash pickup. And um, this has been a thing that has been talked about for a long time. And um, I appreciated that uh, Councilwoman Jamie Torres really brought it back. Like, yes, this is an admi- current administration move, right? The Johnson administration is making this move to start doing trash pickups. But this start- idea really started back with uh, Councilwoman Say the Baca pushing for it to be part of the budget. And not mm-hmm. enough city council members would sign on to that idea. And um, so Jamie Torres was like, we just need to give credit where credit's due. But also Jamie said, you know, I, I think the last administration was so hell-bent on standing their ground about the encampments that anything, they wouldn't do anything to to mess with that approach. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's a no-duh situation. Yeah. You're complaining about the trash in encampments? Let's pick up the trash. Yeah, I loved her quote, and I don't know it verbatim, but it was basically like the last administration didn't want to legitimize the camps by doing this, but this is just a very common sense approach. And that's why that was also my win, because I have been emphasizing to people, you don't like trash, you don't like people using the bathroom on the ground, but... If you were at home and suddenly your trash bin was locked at night and you couldn't go to your restroom at night, what would you do? You know, uh, you don't know. Like, what would you do? Someone comes and picks up your trash. Yeah. The city comes and picks up your trash. If they stopped doing that, you would be living with your trash. And so I you're it's just I think that parallel is so important. Housed people, unhoused people, we all create create trash. Um, There has been some criticizing about it being like a small part of a bigger pro- like it's not solving the problem yeah. I, I would argue that it's it's starting it's a starting point it's something there was a really interesting uh some quotes from a woman who lives in one of these encampments who goes by badger and she was asked if she would take a, a housing option if she got one and her response was no because i don't know if it would just be taken away again hmm. so there's that PTSD we're mm-hmm. talking about where folks are still not sure that the systems will ever work for them. So they'd rather be able to be in control of their lives than think I get settled, everything gets and then the grant is gone or the funding's gone and my place is closed, like the roadway in situation. So that was just to me was just speaking to the larger problem. But it's cool that we have something. We're starting with something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good win. And what a fun coincidence that you both picked it. Yeah. Well, you know, to me, I remember on 27th and Arapahoe before they built those new buildings there now when it was just that field, like the big wonderful there was oh, all yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that big empty yeah. field. There was an encampment there and they had somebody in the encampment who was like the mayor hmm. and they did like Sunday cleanup where they would put their trash on the corner, but no one would collect it. So I think other neighbors are helping like put the trash in their bins. But it's this idea that we dehumanize people who are living in these encampments. They need the same resources, resources. as everyone else. And, um, you know, I've worked with Headwaters Protectors right. before, and they are actually a local group that was cleaning up different encampments every week. And the times that I volunteered with them, it's just purely collecting trash. And a lot of that trash is stuff people donate, like throughout the week, like dropping off food and like razors and so, like stuff people don't necessarily need, but they assume they know what these people yeah. in these encampments need and just creates more trash. So that side is also kind of contributing to the problem there. And it's because you know, nobody talks to people who are there and say, what do you really need? And not just show up with like more 
garbage or waste. I think that's a really great point, Justine. It's like before we we get all on our high horses about helping other people, maybe check it and see how would be best to help them. Because like you said, if you're just creating more trash for them, it, it's compounding their own problems. And that's why I'm always hesitant when people are like, put these gift, these care packages together and drop them off at encampments. Like, actually, just check and see what's up. Hey, what do you guys need? You guys need water? Cool. You need trash bags? Because that's the other thing that some of these unhoused folks said was, we even try to take care of our trash, but then dumpsters are locked so we can't even dispose of our own yeah, trash. know where to put it. So so this is great. This I is think a great this step. Is a, yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Well, I'll go uh, to wrap us up here. Um, my win's pretty short. I talked a few weeks ago about um, a new brunch place on 32nd. Uh, Carrie Baird, the former top chef, chef testant, as they request we use that word. That's what the Bravo Network says journalists should use, chef testant. Her new brunch place, The Fox and the Hen, is awesome. I've been twice now. I've explored the menu. The hash browns are a standout. The toast is, of course, great. That's the kind of the star of the whole thing. But toast? I, fancy-ish toast is what? what the menu says. It's adorable. I generally avoid toast because it's like, why bother? Oh, at this place, the toast What's is the- a star. Is it just like really good bread? It's really good bread, okay. but it's like toppings. It's like, ooh, uh, well, avocado toast, maybe like pea Love sprouts. She does a ricotta jam, French toast thing. She does a croque monsieur. Sold. Yeah. So you're just going hard. Yeah. Oh, a- it's so good. Oh, man. I can't <laughs> wait for people to, to catch on to this place. And so I have more people to talk about it. The vibe is cool. Uh, it's like a cottage core aesthetic. This is the north side, Justine. This is your shopping yeah, grounds. Is this interesting it's to you? It's where ceviche I, was. Well, you said, oh, I remember ceviche fondly. But um, yeah, you have me at hash browns. Oh, it's so good. I love me some good hash browns. And I feel like there's not a lot of places anymore. That How do you guys quality. like your hash browns, though? Brown, golden, crispy brown on each side. It's gooey in the middle. Gooey in the middle. middle. I didn't know what I liked, really. This place, they do like, um, it's kind of like the style of the McDonald's hash brown, but like a really elevated one. Okay. So it's shaped, it's pressed, it's it's uniformly crispy on the outside, soft, steaming hot on the inside, really well seasoned. I think they're they're hitting on all cylinders at this place. It's fun. It's fun. How long is the wait? About a half hour, (laughs) but they got, it's a shady street. They got picnic tables. The whole thing, I think it's, it might be a snooze killer. Well, I think snoot. Well, I have opinions on snoot. Hey, but- <laughs> check, check it out and let me know what you think. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay. Um, Sold. All right. Uh, we got one more segment for you before we wrap up today. Uh, we're going to talk about the weekend. What's up, weather fans? Happy your CityCast Denver weather forecast for this weekend. And, you know, we just entered into August. This is typically one of our hotter months of the year. July, also one of our hotter months of the year. But we actually came in this past July slightly below average in the temperature department. And we were actually slightly below average in the precip department as well. It may not have felt like that to everybody, but that's just what was recorded out at the airport. Now, this weekend's looking actually pretty nice. We've had some storms this week. We're going to start to dry out a little bit. High temperatures are going to be in the mid-80s on Saturday, and we'll have an afternoon chance of storms. They'll be hit or miss. I would assume most people will be missed, to be honest. And then Sunday, we have a cold front that's going to swing through, and temperatures are not even going to get out of the 70s. But it should be mostly sunny with those afternoon clouds that are normal building up. But it is going to be a relatively cool end to the week weekend so y'all get out and enjoy this great Denver weather that we're about to have.
All right, we're back. It's time for the official CityCast Denver, maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there, because as usual, there are so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, but there's only one where you might see us. Peyton Garcia rounds up her best bets in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every week, and she's here to give us her top picks. Peyton, welcome back. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey. All right, you ready? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so first thing, it's Denver Days. Oh, that's right. My, oh, husband. my husband's hosting Barnum's Denver Day. Oh, my Forgot. gosh. How cool. oh. um, so Denver Days <laughs> is something that uh, former mayor Michael Hancock started 12 years ago. Um, and it's a way for the community of Denver to get together and celebrate. That's it. It's a super simple concept. Um, citywide celebration of community. Mm. So there are dozens of free block parties, picnics, and volunteer opportunities happening across the city. Um, all you have to do, as Bree kind of mentioned, is anyone can host a block party. You just have to register it with the city, and then you get to be put on their list. It's like six pages long yeah. um, of events that are happening throughout the city. Super cool. Just celebrating community. Um, I have a link in the newsletter to the full list of events, but like Bree said, uh, maybe stop by Barnum. Yeah, the Barnum one is on Saturday from 10 to 2, and it's in the parking lot of the Barnum Library. There'll be what music, cool food, hangout. Yeah, happens all weekend. Um, free, so that one's ages. really flexible. You could, you know, anywhere, anytime. I'm kind of in the mood for that, like some kind of like civic engagement, maybe some of the volunteering yeah. from trash pickups. You guys yeah. got me excited about that. Do something yeah. like that. Be fun. It's a fun one. Okay, next one. Mm -hmm. All right. I have to ask, do any of you guys eat oysters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got two. Angelo's mm -hmm. last right. weekend. We got oh, two oyster Angela's. freaks. Oh, happy hour. <laughs> That's good to know because Saturday is National Oyster Day. Ooh. Yeah. And I bring it up because Jack's Fish House <laughs> yes. and Oyster Bar, which has multiple locations across the city and the metro area, they are ho um, hosting specials, oyster flights, oyster rolls, shooters, all day long. Oh, Their food truck great. is also going to be in a special surprise location that they have not announced. And if you find it, huh. free oysters <gasps> for as long oh, as they last. Fun. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's somewhere in the city. Somewhere in the there's city. There's going to be a truck with free oysters. You've got it. Oh, man. That's, that's that an sounds... adventure right there. <laughs> so maybe Oof. go on a drive. Look for the Jack's oyster truck. These are too good. <laughs> Choices already. That's a fun one. Oh man, um, what else we got, Peyton? Okay, next hops in the hangar. So this is happening at Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum, which I bring up regularly because it seems like such a cool museum. I've it never is really gone. Cool. Underrated. Oh, you know Underrated what? Museum. When Benny's a little bigger, he really like love it. Love it. I think so too. They have you have, gone? I I haven't been, but I heard from my wife who loved it. She said that they have a Harrison Ford theater there. Oh. Harrison Ford, the famous aviator. I thought that was so funny. Han what do you, Solo? what, what is, Hans, exactly. That's what it is. What? He's not in another movie about planes. He's there because he's really? Han Solo and he flies a <laughs> oh, spaceship. Oh, <laughs> I love that. It is so funny. I love that. Well, if you want an excuse to go, um, they are doing a beer festival there. So oh, you'll be able so to cool. sample unlimited beer tastings from 19 local breweries, but there will also be ciders, seltzers, and non-alcoholic beverages. See? 
plus people live are, music. People and, are getting with it. Yeah, I'm and it's in the this. hangar. So you can just like kind of sip on some beer and explore all of the really dope air and space memorabilia that they have there. I love this because yes. like a lot of times these events, I'm like, cool. Okay, I guess I'll have a glass of water. Yes. But like you can go and drink and wander and around more too. And more and more beer drink. festivals, I will say, are doing this where they um, offer a designated driver price, which is like a fraction Thank of the you. actual price. Mm. Yeah. I love So you that. can still buy a ticket and you can still get unlimited samples of the NA beverages that are there. Yeah, oh, that's fun. That's really yeah. smart. Yeah. I appreciate that. That I area know. of Lowry too is like, that, that mixed there. use development cool. has, has, has matured. It's the businesses cool are all there. There's a Torchies, which I know I like and I know other people like, <laughs> even though I won't. I, I know how you two feel. Um, or I know how you three feel. I'm from Denver. No, um, hey, I don't hate Torchies. I mean, I, I don't mind their case. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I like them. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I miss the Torchies. The Broadway tor- one was an Arby's. Let me rephrase this. I Attention, do love Arby's. Torchies <laughs> Army. My fellow Torchies <laughs> super fans. There is a Torchies in Lowry now, and it is good. It is a cool it area. It is a great though. place to walk around. So you around could go now. there yeah. and then go over to this. Uh, Hops in the head. Yeah, and that's on Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m. So maybe start your day early over there, get some lunch, yeah. uh, check out the space. It's nice. It is nice, though. I, I agree with you, Paul. The, tr- the trees have matured. Yeah. It's, yeah. It feels like the it's neighborhood. Well, it's Lowry nice. was like pre uh, Central Park and all yeah. of that. Like, that was, that was the one first, of the first like, development that started to take over because it was all Air Force Base and everything. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Or Army Base. I don't know. Air Force, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Air Force, yeah. Yeah, because it was closed off when I was a kid. I went to yeah. the. Um, BX with my grandma there. Oh, yeah. I remember my going and visiting when I was younger. And so, yeah, that was like one of the first films. So I really like what they've done there. I do too. If you want to really nerd out on urban design, you can drive from Lowry through that up to Central Park and see the 10-year shift in design philosophy. Because the way Lowry filled in was around these like hubs of businesses and Mm -hmm. mini malls. Whereas Central Park is so much different. It's a, they have these keys of like shared green space behind yeah. the residences, yeah, but it's yeah. all still single yeah. family homes for the most part. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating. I can see point, it. Paul. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Spend your Saturday doing Walking that. around, yeah. Love it. Um, okay, final thing is in Old Town, Arvada. If you guys haven't spent any time in Old Town, Arvada, it's a really You've fun place to hang. Yeah, good, yeah. super fun. And they have this uh, place called the Bluegrass Coffee and Bourbon Lounge. I really mm. like it. So during the day, it's a coffee lounge, and at night, it turns into a bourbon lounge where they usually have like live music. Um, it's a really cool little spot. And anyways, they're celebrating their eighth birthday. Oh. And they are celebrating with a whole pig roast for the oh, whole community. That's um, so yeah, oh, there's going to be yeah special <laughs> bourbon tastings, live music, giveaways, um, and uh, lots and lots of good food to eat. Old Town Arvada is cute. It's such a fun spot. Mm-hmm. Ever since they shut down to cars, it's yeah, like it's paradise. even yeah yeah again if you're an you're an urban aficionado, absolutely yeah. good place to wander around. So, I mean, I loved all four of these events. I do too, actually. That's a tough one. That one's on Sunday, by the way. Sunday afternoon, 2 to 7. Um, so we have... I've loved all of these. Denver, so we have days, Denver days. That made me feel really good. That warmed my heart. Yeah. Jack's Fish House and the Oyster Truck Search, Free which oysters. is Ooh. very compelling <laughs> good, in yeah. its own way. Hops at the Hangar and a trip to Lowry and through history. Um, <sighs> the Bluegrass Coffee and Bourbon Lounge turns eight with a pig roast. Mm. Man, I, I mean, I'm going to be at Denver Days anyway, but... Right. <laughs> I like the options of that one though. It's anywhere in the city. Maybe mm-hmm. we should go. Um, maybe we, maybe uh, Denver Days and Barnum should be the one because yeah, you can go see Greg. Yeah, 
All right, I like that. I mean, I feel like Greg's had a hard, hard go today on the show. I know, poor Greg. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Give Greg away on anniversary. Love you, Greg. Yeah, uh, go see Greg. Uh, the hops in the hangar, though. That's the I other. Know, that's I the know. one I think I might be like really quite. You know, that would feel that'd be fun. Yeah, I. That's maybe that's our official, but our unofficial is Barnum Denver Days. Justine, are you okay with that? Yeah, I completely agree. Okay. That's well, there you have it. That sounds good. The official CityCast Denver may be for your weekend, but there's way more where that came from. Peyton's got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to right now by texting Denver to six six eight six six. Peyton, Bree, Justine, this was fun. Thanks so much yeah. for joining me. Thanks, Thank guys. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Olivia Jewell-Love. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocachetics, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Instagram at CityCast Denver, and tell your spouse about us the next time you see them. You can sign up for that daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week.